Welcome to the Engaged Midwife Podcast. This is Kara. And this is Missy. I'm so excited for this episode. <laughs> there might be a lot of giggling. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Uh, it's going to be real fun. Yeah, it's going to be real good. I think what you will find in this episode, I hope, if you don't enlighten yourself, that you feel comfortable talking to other people about this. Yeah. And I think what we're going to talk about today is use of sex toys alone or with a partner, right? And there's a multitude of reasons that people will use sex toys. Yes. And somewhere in this process, you will, somewhere in our podcast, you'll get to an episode on um, patient teaching and how we talk to patients and it's called what to say and how to say it. And you'll hear us talk about a brief portion of this, but it also has now pushed us to publish in a whole episode about sex. Yeah. So here we go. Let's get comfortable with it. Do it. And this is a good thing. It's a podcast and not a video because you can pretty much be assured that as much as I love talking about this, there's a hundred percent chance that I am blushing through about 90% of it. Yes. I agree with that. I'm not blushing. I don't, I have no qualms about this and I can talk to you about this. If you find me at animal meeting or you email me, I'm probably going to tell you all the things, but I do want to give some shout outs to some people who have taught me a lot about myself about my trauma experience as a younger person and about my body and two really great podcasters and book authors that I feel really comfortable. And you've got one, a couple too. Mm -hmm. Um, But my first one is Emily Nagasi. She wrote a book called Come As You Are. As an adult person still exploring things about my body, I have found it wildly informative. Yeah, absolutely. I think she um, breaks down some of the issues into really understandable ways for the general public, but also for us as providers and how we can help um, not only care for ourselves, but care for our patients. Agree. Um, The second one is Glennon Doyle Mm -hmm. and her podcast, the We Can Do Hard Things podcast, because Glennon talks a lot about trauma. Glennon and sister. I love sister. Sister, do you want to come be our sister? We would definitely take you and Glennon and And Abby. Abby. And all the kids and Craig could come and visit occasionally. Sure. We we would take him. Yeah. I mean, he's cute. He's cute to look at. But so are the sister and Abby Abby and Glennon. Glennon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So we love Glennon. You can follow her on Instagram. You can go to her podcast. We can do hard things. Um, Again, if you have any kind of a trauma background, there are a lot of things that she unpacks. Mm -hmm. They unpack as a group in terms of trauma, trauma recovery, getting to know yourself, what feels good to you, what should feel good to you. And just be willing to have the conversations. I think that's one of the greatest things that I've learned over the years from Glennon and sister and Abby um, talking openly. About all of the things. All of them. And if you really want the double like treat of this, find Glennon's podcast episode with Emily Nagasi talking about her book because it will blow your mind and you'll want to listen to it more than once. Yeah. 
Agreed. So then my book recommendation is always Emily's book, Come As You Are. Mm -hmm. It also has some accompanying PDF workbook pages that you can work through on your own, which I think is super cool. Yeah. That's a great idea. What's your suggestion? Um, I think those are the main ones. I also, I think I've mentioned before how much I love uh, Jen Gunter and um, OBGYN that does a lot of work around vaginal and vulvar health and just really making issues um, mainstream and being able to talk about them, um, you know, for young girls. I love, and I think I've mentioned this before, the care and keeping of you that talks a lot about, um, you know, just what development is like and puberty and so forth. It's from the American girl, the dolls. Um, uh, so I definitely think that they have great resources and they've got multiple versions out now for older girls and teens and emotions and all of the different things. But those are some of my favorites. I love it. Okay. So let's talk. Let's slide into the conversation. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I think (laughs) it's interesting because what do people think of most frequently when it's women sitting around talking? I think it's a vibrator. Yeah. I mean, let's start on a high level with sex in general. Oh, okay. Well, let's go there. Because in another podcast episode, I made this like astounding thing where I said like only about 25% of women actually have orgasms in cis relationships with vaginal penile intercourse. Penetration. Penetration. Doesn't work for three out of four women. Mm-hmm. A, our G-spots are really, I, I never I want to say that they're elusive, but if you don't know where yours is, then you're probably not having a really great orgasm from just penetration. Yeah. And there, I mean, there's so many other things involved about lubrication and control and depth and I mean, all the different things that yeah. you are absolutely right. Most cis women do not achieve orgasm with penetration alone. And if they are achieving orgasm during their sexual encounter because of penet- with penetration, it's likely because they're getting some clitoral stim- simulation at the same time. Yes. So where is the orgasm actually coming from? Is it vaginal or clitoral? Right. So these are big things to think about. Well, there's been a big movement, I think, over the last 10, 20, 30 years about clitoracy. And understanding the clitoris and even like how big the organ is and all of the different intricacies of it. But um, if you're not familiar, spend some time, go Google clitoracy. And there's just so much to learn that wasn't known until what really feels like recent times. Uh, yes. If if you ever like are feeling feisty and you want to get on Google, look up the actual like nerve pattern of what the clitoris actually is because everybody, a lot of people, I shouldn't say everybody, a lot of people just think it's this little bundle of nerves that sits near the urethra. Right. And the clitoris is actually a much bigger um, area than just that one spot. Yes. It involves area underneath the labia. Right. Um, It it sort of is encompassing of our almost entire genital area. Yes. So if you're interested, 
Google it because it's so cool. Somebody that I know actually has a clitoral sculpture. And I'm like, how do you explain it to people? She's like, people don't have to, doesn't have to be explained because nobody knows what it is. (laughs) I have so many jokes that I could make, but I'm not going to. Yeah. Because I don't want to joke about things like this, but I think that it's important to understand like the anatomy involved. Yeah, absolutely. I think though that we can joke and laugh and talk lightheartedly when we appreciate things. Yes, I agree with that. And we want to make it routine conversation that people can sit around and talk about. Absolutely. And and I think one of the things, so we were talking about this at breakfast this morning, right? At 46, I'm a much more enlightened person than I was at 36 or 26 or when I became sexually active. Yes. Right. Um, And I, I, I think in my experience and like having sisters and having lots of women in my life and friends and et cetera, like we probably weren't figuring out a lot about our bodies when we were 16, 17, 18, 21, 25. And often our sexual experiences, some people have, I guess, amazing first sexual experiences in whatever kind of relationship they are. Mm -hmm. I think for the majority of people, that's not true. I would agree with you. Because I think the overwhelming feeling is the emotional connection to sex more than the physical sensations that sex can bring. Right. So in younger relationships, right, or less, I should say not even younger, less experienced relationships, you don't know your body well enough to be able to achieve orgasm. And the sexual acts are more about the emotional connection than the actual sexual acts. Yeah. And I think that with aging, there is something that comes from just knowledge and experience, but also confidence. Yeah. I love that. I'm a much more confident late 40 year old woman than I was a 20 something year old woman. Well, yes, all of that. Well, and I think you bring up a really important part as we think about even sex ed for younger people is that we so often focus on consent and how vitally important that is. But I think we don't want to forget to talk about pleasure. We're going to do a whole thing on consent. Yes. Um, At some point on our. And we've already talked about sexually transmitted infections and diseases and preventing those. But today we're really focusing on pleasure. Yes. I love that. I love the word pleasure just as it is. So as we talk about this, can you recap your G analogy with the G's? Oh, yeah. So I had mentioned this previously um, from the podcaster and author, uh, journalist, Dan Savage and the Savage Lovecast, talking about being a good partner is being GGG, which is good, giving, and game. And so for those of you who are partnered, yeah, I think that those things matter. Absolutely. So much. Yeah. Um, there are things in my life I think I have been lucky to have. And in several opportunities in my life, I've had the G's, which is great. Yes. I think it's hard to um, explore your sexuality, whatever that is, and whatever sexual encounter that may be, without having some of those things. Absolutely. Unless you're just unpartnered and you can just figure it out on your own because I'm super cool with that too. Which is also an important part of this. And, you know, we talked just a minute ago about confidence. I think confidence and communication 
make all of this so much better. And with more confidence in what you know works for you can make your partnership that much better as well. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I, um, we're going to get into some really fun topics here. Yeah. So understanding anatomy, understanding the intention of your sexual acts, understanding orgasm is a totally normal, appropriate, amazing thing that can happen. Flooding your whole body with endorphins. Not bad. Frequently. <laughs> I was going to say daily. <laughs> For some people, they might be like, what? Missy, is this why you're happy all the time? Not happy all the time, but maybe I should be. Um, but the the rush of sort of hormones that comes with orgasm, whatever that may be, um, is good for you. It's it good for good your for mental you. health. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to talk about sex toys, don't you? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's helpful. I think that it's one of those things that um, our generation, it has become less taboo to talk about, but still it's so hidden. But almost everyone you know has a drawer or a cabinet or somewhere in their house where they have a collection of a few sex toys. Or more than a few. Depends who you are. Yeah. And everyone needs a best friend that knows to go clean that shit out before you're... When you die. <laughs> so your sisters, your grandma, your kids, somebody didn't find it. Yes. And let's just have a general understanding that we don't look in people's bedside drawers. Ever. Ever. No. I don't care what you're looking for. It's not in the bedside drawer. Never. <laughs> Unless it's a battery. You might find a battery there, but that is not the place you go for batteries. I have made it very clear to the children that there are batteries in the kitchen in the spot. You don't have to ever look anyplace else for batteries. There are always batteries. That's there. the B spot. It's a B spot. <laughs> That's right. Don't come, don't come to my drawer. And what's crazy is that my bedside drawer is like front and center. Like it's the thing that people see as soon as they walk in to my room. So it might be the first thing that somebody would go for. But Mary and Elisa, these are my sisters. If you are listening and you are cleaning out any of my stuff when I die, clean out the top drawer first. Good idea. You need to have a person. Everybody needs a person. Diana, <laughs> get with Kara and figure out where the stuff is. <laughs> because, yeah, we should tag our sisters in this okay. one too. So one of my favorite things is when I learned the history of the vibrator. Do it. So back as early as the first century AD, there was discussion that hysteria hyster being the uterus, um, women feeling crazy and so forth was because it came from the uterus and there was this pent up energy. And so healers and leaders and early physicians were like, we know the fix for hysteria. And what was initially hysteria amongst spinsters and nuns and widows and so forth was all of a sudden present amongst all women. And it was that we could manually stimulate women to have paroxysms, which was the other word for climax or orgasm. And so, but it was a lot of work. I mean, that's yeah. a lot of manual stimulation. And so when electricity was invented, it all of a sudden improve the lives of leaders and healers and physicians because there was a vibrator because it could be can you imagine plugging your vibrator into the wall <laughs> hold on a second could you imagine being the physician before electricity no no i'm really glad we don't have to think about those times but anyway um patients found that it was helpful, maybe not for their hysteria, but for how they felt about things in life in general. 
I mean, I can tell you, I feel better about life in general when I've had an orgasm. True. I might feel tired. So it moved from just being a medical device to more mainstream. Although I will tell you, it's fascinating that I think about mm, 10, 15 years ago, I knew of someone that may have tried to order a device online from a sex toy company to have delivered to her home address in Kansas. That's because that's discreet, right? Send this to my house, please. Yeah, I don't want to go to a sex store. No, I mean, you, this person I know didn't want to go to you, a sex store. You totally can normalize going to a sex store. Yeah, absolutely. But she didn't want to. Got it. So she tried to order something online. And the company pops up with, we can't mail things to Kansas. That's like wine can't be delivered to some states. <laughs> Apparently, there's a problem. If you live in a state where you can't get wine delivered and you can't get vibrators delivered, you should move. This person that I know of lived in one of those states. Both things have since changed, thankfully. But the reason that you couldn't at the time was because sex toys were considered obscene. 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 Freaking terrible. I know. It's really, really sad. So um, when those kinds of things happen to people that you know and care about and love, let them know that Amazon will deliver just about anywhere. Amazon. Amazon. Okay. So I have a hack. Okay. Okay. For Amazon, if you're looking for sex toys, and we're going to talk so much about this, and I'm just going to go on a lot of tangents, but just hear me out. When you go to Amazon, the way to find all the sex toys is you search, you put your tab into category health and wellness, and then you search sexual wellness. And that's how you get the vibrators. Because if you just put in sex toys, Amazon has marked some of those things. So health and wellness, sexual wellness, And if you know a certain company on Amazon, so like me, um, I really like Sweet Vibes toys, and I'm going to tag them in the social post. Um, You can get them on Amazon. Okay. And so that's easy. Sure. Lots and lots of sex toy options, lots and lots of providers. The key is, is that you find ones that you like and that make you happy. And we can talk about all of those in a little bit, but Amazon is a great option. The other thing that I would say about Amazon and people have feelings about it as a company, but the great thing is that there's so much user input and reviews available that um, some of them are comical. Some of them are quite useful, but I would take a look at reviews and see what people are saying about the different options available. So I'm going to quote one of my favorite um, TikTok slash Instagram people, Savage Mom. Mm. She's from someplace here close because she's always wearing Bengals gear. And I want to be like, are you from Cincinnati? But she is known for these to the comments, right? Yes. Where she'll say like, she'll watch a video and she'll start laughing and she'll be like, to the comments. Because honestly, we go to some of these things just for the comments, right? Oh, 100%. My point is when you are looking for sex toys, go to the reviews. Yes. Because, I mean, you're probably not going to find a consumer report for those of you who are like type A and you want the best of the best and you want to know what consumer report says about sex toys. You will, however, get a lot of people who are going to tell you the truth about whatever the product is. I will also say that I don't think things have to be super expensive to be good, but also you get what you pay for, if that makes any sense. So it doesn't have to be like astronomically expensive, but if you can find a silicone toy, that's going to be better than PVC or like some kind of porous plastic. You want high quality toys to for safety, for cleanliness, for all of those different things, but you don't have to spend an arm and a leg. <laughs> or a clitoris. Right. Um, 
Okay. So another concept that goes along with toys and buying toys is I like anything that has silicone on it. Yeah. It takes well to lube and it feels good. I was going to say it feels, I mean, soft, soft and smooth, kind of silky. Right. Which is a different from your mama's vibrator, which was plastic. I don't want to think about that. Although mom, if you're out there, not that you're ever going to hear this. Um, I hope that you've had a enriched and full life, but I don't want to think about it. Yeah. So our mama's vibrators, for lack of a better way to put it, were plastic. They were shaped phallically and, or they were bullets and that was it. Yeah. That was all you got. Battery powered, usually not chargeable, rechargeable. It was literally battery powered. Maybe one speed. Situation. We, the options here, people are endless in terms of the vibrator situation. I would love it if ACNM would have like a sex toy vendor. I think they have the last few years. An annual meeting because that's. I feel like they have. I feel like girls and women and people in general need to play with the things. Like not physically like put it on themselves, but, but touch them, touch and See pick them. up and hold. Uh-huh. It's a sensory situation. Yeah. So, okay. You want to get into this thing? Yeah. I'm not even sure where to go with this conversation. Um, I have gotten a new sex toy like once a month for every month for like a year. Oh, a club. I tease that my husband like enrolled me in some random sex toy, like toy of the month club. But I do just think it's part of the good, the giver, the the game thing, which is like, let's try these things and we'll see what makes you happy. Right. Yeah. So I am the person who's like drawers probably overflowing, but caveat, I have absolutely gotten rid of some things that did not serve my needs. Yes. So one of the things I feel like you need to understand when you're diving into either whether it's self-stimulation, like, you know, those things, or whether you're doing this in a partnered situation is what feels good to you. Absolutely. Because clitoral stimulation can have like zero to a hundred, right? Like the vibrator that starts off with like barely anything. And then on 10, it's like going to like vibrate the bones of your pelvis or start a fire. I mean, friction is Hold a friend on. to a Let's point. Pause. She just said start a fire. Okay, go ahead. Friction. I mean, I've heard. <laughs> okay, she's heard. I love this. Okay, so you're right. But from zero to start a fire. Right. That's the, that's the range. And I just want to be clear that some days, zero to one is all you need. I want to be clear on some days you need to start a fire. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay. But the point of this conversation is to tell you, you got to figure it out. And, and sometimes I feel like it's hard to figure that out in a partnered situation. Yeah. I do think that it is important. And this is also where I think we can improve confidence is when individuals take control of figuring out what works for them and then can share it with their partner. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Like being able to be like, I know that this thing works for me and that this other thing doesn't. And then hopefully people find themselves in a relationship if that is what they want, where open communication, open lines of, you know, being able to share with one another that that is not only accepted, but it is encouraged. Yes. We should have done like a little warning at the beginning of this, like, 
if you are not interested in hearing us talk about sex and toys, this is probably not the episode for you. We'll put that as a warning. (laughs) Oh, like on the episode at the beginning. Yeah. Got you. Okay, good. Yes. So everything that Kara has said, I feel like is absolutely true about like, you hope that you can figure this out and bring it into whatever relationship you have. Right. And whatever kind of relationship you have. Well, I was just going to say that you and I definitely come to this conversation as cisgender heterosexual women that are partnered with men. And so that is a different type of conversation than a lot of other people. And um, hopefully what you hear us talking about could be translatable, um, useful, helpful in any type of relationship, but our own experiences kind of limit our knowledge. Right. I mean, I can think about how the things might be. Well, and, you know. I know that we're not supposed to love TikTok and that it um, is potentially like spying on us from elsewhere in the world. As is Instagram, as is Facebook, as is every other social media. Yes, yes, yes. yes. But my phone is listening to me talk about vibrators and not all I'm going to get in my Facebook feed later is like sex toys. Well, I've also Googled how many different pages so that I could be prepared for this conversation. So it is going to be in my face (laughs) for the next week. But... I have learned a lot from TikTok. And I think that um, it's that sexuality is um, a spectrum. Fluid. Yes. I always tease that if something happens to my dear, sweet husband, who I love immensely, I might get a wife for a variety of reasons. Also including sex. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. Do you want to talk about kinds of toys? Sure. All right. So we talked about the fact that you've got to figure out what feels good to you. Some women don't want a bunch of clitoral stimulation and some people want to find their G spot. Okay. So we'll talk about clitoral stimulation first, because this is an easy one. I feel like there are tons of baby little bullets that just do clitoral stimulation. There are bullets that have a variety of modes that don't just constantly vibrate. They pulse, they vibrate, they have all kinds of different rhythms. The, the settings and the rhythms are different. Great. Figure out which rhythm you like. Some days you might like one rhythm. Some days you might like something else. It's okay. Also this idea of a panty vibrator. Okay. So the vibrator is, it's flat. This vibrating surface is flat and it has wings. Remember those old pads that had wings, yeah. the wings wrap around the panties and then you can wear the vibrator. It's Bluetooth connected to a remote. Um, Just another clitoral stimulation situation. Interesting. Available. Um, There's some real funny TikTok videos about girls wearing these things and their boyfriends having remotes with them. Oh, dear. Um, So if you're interested, look it up because it's pretty fun. Um, But okay, all kinds of different toys for for clitoral stimulation that are easy. Um, I feel like that's like the low-hanging fruit of vibrator choices. I think I saw something that like one of the most popular toys during the pandemic um was this like rose shaped uh clitoral stimulation that is supposed to potentially feel like licking sucking that kind of thing. Somebody that I know can tell you that anything that says it feels like licking or sucking does not feel like licking or sucking. I have also heard this. It is true. Yes. Um but you, it doesn't mean it's that really it isn't. The, you can't simulate like human mouth slash tongue slash 
It, there's just no good way to do it. Sure. So um, if that's the stimulation you're looking for, there's not probably a great toy for that unless you're super creative. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's a thing about clitoral stimulation. Um, the next thing is that there are also tons of nerve fiber, nerve fibers, uh, at and near the anus. Mm -hmm. So that feels good to some people. Another whole set of toys for that situation, a variety of plugs in a variety of different colors, shapes, um, that have, when I say a plug, it's got an end on it. So it can't get lost. I mean, I think we need a very clear disclaimer here of like, nothing should be used near the rectum or anus without a flared base. Yes. Without something that can be retrieved from all of us. I've been in healthcare long enough to know that we have seen people come through the ED with a variety of things in their rectum that they can't get out. Please do not put anything in your bum that does not have a flared base. That's right. And also please use lubricant. Lube. If a little lube is good. A, a lot of lube better. is better. It's my Uber lube. Again, plugging Uber lube, which is another one of my favorite lubricants, but great. Any kind of lubricant that you need if you're going to put something in your backside. Um, but there are extenders, actually very common, just dildos, which don't vibrate. They don't do anything. They just stimulate penile penetration can also go in your rectum. Mm -hmm. And those can be made out of a variety of things. They can look real. They can not look real. They can be neon green. It doesn't really matter. It's the shape and the size that helps you to achieve whatever orgasm you're trying to achieve. Okay. And sometimes I always say like, you know, sometimes you just need a little and sometimes you need a lot. Sometimes you need clitoral stimulation and you know, anal stimulation. Sometimes sure. it's a couple of things to get you to where you need to be. Um, I also think it's interesting what you pair your sexual experiences with, meaning is it alcohol? Like what do you need when you're drinking oftentimes looks different than what you need oh, when you're sober. Yeah. Um, so it's, I think, again, knowing yourself is important. Um, again, tons and tons of options for toys that can go in or around your rectum. Okay. And that's fantastic. All right. Let's talk about vaginas. I always like to say that vaginas aren't that complicated. And Betty White makes this funny joke about, um, everybody's talking about like grow some balls or have big balls. And she's like, balls are fragile. Like vaginas take a pounding for a lifetime and never get any credit. Right. Right. So, you know, our vaginas are a little complicated. Finding the place in our vagina that feels good can be complicated. But again, this goes back to the knowing yourself. Right. Part. Um, and there are a variety of things that can go in a vagina that will feel good. Yes. Um, we have talked in other episodes about deep thrust and how it doesn't necessarily always feel good to everybody. A thrust against a cervix doesn't always feel great. Right. But there are some vibrators that thrust just a little. And it's not a hard thrust, but it's just enough to help stimulate wherever their G-spot may be. Mm -hmm. And usually the part of the vibrator that thrusts is the very end. And it's just a very simple mechanical motion that moves about an inch. Oh, okay. So that's interesting. There are also some vibrators that also have rabbits attached to them. So you're getting 
vaginal penetration as well as clitoral stimulation. There's a variety of ways to do that. Mm -hmm. There are also vibrators that stimulate the anus and the clit as well as do penetration, which feels like a lot of things happening. But again, if that's something that you need, those are available. Um, So I think also you can just standardly put a dildo like right. in a vagina and have that feel okay. Right. Um, and, and, and for some people that's going to work. Sure. It all goes back to understanding you. Yeah. And being willing to explore and learn. Yes. Like in every, op- every opportunity you have. And I sort of tease sometimes that I'm like, in any sexual encounter, I'm like, oh, I just need 30 seconds of alone time and then somebody else can join in. <laughs> like, because I know myself well enough now that I could be like, oh yeah, like I, I need this, uh, just a little bit of stimulation outside of nothing, like with nothing else happening sure. to get my brain to like focus on the thing. And you and I've been friends for a long time. And, you know, I usually have like 15 things in my head at once. And that's really hard going into a sexual experience when you have 15 things in your head. Cause sometimes I could be thinking about like, gosh, are the lunches packed for tomorrow? Do I have laundry done? You know, is everything finished for this? Did I finish this email? Did I do this project? And then my husband wants to have sex with me. Mm -hmm. I can't always shut down all the other things. Right. So I need to shut it down myself before I can let anybody else play. That makes sense. Yeah. Join in the fun. Yeah. I think another thing that we've talked about different toys and we've hinted about how important we think lube is, but I think it's really important to mention again here that lube can make this learning and exploring that much better for you and can open doors and make things more enjoyable. So be willing to go there. And hopefully you also have a partner that is willing to accept that whether or not you need lube or want lube, it is not a, um, a reflection of their capabilities. Absolutely. I also think like, okay, so I'm going to get scientific for a second, but I also want to talk about toys in that aspect about capabilities. Like this is not at all that your partner doesn't do it for you. Right. I mean, I can be across the room and look at my husband and be like, yep, he still does it for me. Uh, randomly, but we can, you can go to bed or to the kitchen table or to the, you know, living room floor, wherever you prefer and still not be that aroused. Right. It's not that they don't do it for you. It's just that like, in order for you to have an orgasm, you need something that's a little different. And that's the whole part about game. Right. 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 So, um, (laughs) when you talk about just the idea of like, the science of things, right? And Emily's book does such a beautiful job of breaking this down. It's um, discordance between our brain and our genitals. Mm -hmm. And I am not going to do this any justice. So please go to Emily's book or go to Audible and get her book and let her read it to you Mm -hmm. because it will change your life. I'm going to tag the Audible situation too. Um, But Audible, listening to her talk about why my brain and my genitals don't always talk. Mm -hmm. There's research on this. And she said, men rarely have brain genital discordance. If their genitals are saying they want to do something, their brain is saying, yes, I want to do that as well. Rarely do you get a genital response in a male without a brain response or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Or like their brain is like, I want to do this, but their genitals say no. Mm -hmm. Women have about a 50% discordance. 
that can mean I'm like looking across the room at my husband and my brain's like, I just want to take all of his clothes off and have sex with him right now. And my genitals can be dry and as unresponsive as ever. Yeah. 50% of the time. Yeah. Or my genitals could be responding, making lots of lubrication, be super like tingly and all the things. And my brain is like, F you genitals. I don't want to do this. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. And yeah, he's super sexy over there, but yeah, no. So women experience discordance with way more frequency than men do. Yeah. So that's hard for us. It is. And when my genitals don't agree with what my brain wants to do, I'm mad about it. Lube. Lube is helpful. Toys. Mm -hmm. Let's make my genitals snap to attention. Like we're going to do this thing, whether you want to or not. And sometimes your genitals are saying, Hey brain, we're going to do this thing. You need to figure it out. Right. Emily does a beautiful job in an entire chapter talking about discordance and about research and about how they tested this, which is fascinating. Um, but if you want to really understand the science and I feel like discordance is a problem that women didn't have a name for. Yeah. And now you do. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Kara, yes. can you talk about the care and cleaning of my friends? Yeah. So I think that one of the things to know is that just about every high quality sex toy shop is going to have cleaning agents and lubricants and all of the different things to work with all of the different toys. And those can be useful and they can be helpful, but in general, soap and water can also be our friend. Mild soap. Yes. Right. Something like I like ivory or something that doesn't have a lot of stuff in it. Right. So if we have cheap toys, things that are like PVC or they feel really soft and porous or almost like that jelly kind of rubbery feel to them, those are almost impossible to get clean with whatever you're using to clean them. They're kind of porous and you just can't get all of the bacteria and so forth, debris, debris off of them. Um, But if we're using like firmer plastic, uh, better, that's not the the um, porous kind. If we're using silicone toys, those are really, really easy to clean with a mild soap and water. Even some of the silicone toys you can boil. Yeah. So um, make sure that you're cleaning all toys. Anything that is used in the anus or rectum should be thoroughly cleaned before being used in the vagina. Um, and then you want to make sure that things get dried off. Well, um, if you have toys that are more of that jelly kind of rubber feel to them, you could use a condom on that toy and that will help protect it as well. Um, I want to doubly stress not to take things from your rectum and put them in your vagina. Right. So have a separate set of toys. If you're using them in the same sexual encounter, don't take things out of your rectum and put them in their vagina. That goes for fingers and penises and like non-toy things too. Yeah, absolutely. Because you don't want the contaminants that are in your rectum, in your vagina. There, if you have a toy that has batteries um, and you are really wanting to thoroughly, thoroughly clean it more than wiping it off with a wipe or using a soapy washcloth and rinsing it. Then you would want to take the batteries out, um, reattach the part that can, that closes that concealed compartment for the batteries and wash it thoroughly. Then you want to make sure that it dries really well. I don't know if you guys have seen the really cool drying racks that look like grass 
Um, I think they're intended for like baby bottles and that kind of stuff. Um, those can be really good drying racks that make sure that the water gets out of the toys completely before you would put your batteries back in. Such good tips. If it has um, a USB rechargeable um, mechanism to it, you want to check to see if it is able to be submerged in water. Um, if not, you can just clean it under running water or again, use a soapy washcloth. Anything else about the care of our fun? Replace them. I mean, if you get, yeah. if they start to break down, if they start to not feel good, if they, if any of the material that they're made of starts to crack or break off, like get rid of it. It's time to get rid of it. Get something new. It's time to join a club. Join a club. I don't, I'm not for sure that I'm a member of a club, but I do know that the things come to my house with some frequency. It sounds like you have a very giving partner. I feel like I, yeah, I'm lucky. Yeah. Um, but I think lots of people are lucky. And I think I wish somebody would have said to me when I was like eight, I think every college student should go away with a vibrator. Like every female identifying person should go away with a vibrator. Sure. Figure it out. Figure it out. Why your way? Yeah. You don't want to, you don't probably want to hear buzzing from your daughter's room when she's living at home, but send her away for, with it. Well, I mean, it's safe sex, right? She's not getting pregnant. Or getting any STIs. Or being in an abusive relationship, except for maybe with her vibrator. She's consenting. Friction. A little friction's okay. A lot of friction's okay sometimes. But my point is, if you've got daughters, and I have sons, and so I think the thing I want to teach my sons is how to be giving. And game. And game. And good. Yes. All G words. So I'm trying to raise good men for whoever their partners are in the future. And people, we want to raise humans that value pleasure and pleasure for themselves as well as pleasure for their partners. Yeah. So if you haven't bought a vibrator for your daughter um, and she's going away to college, maybe you should. Oh, dear. Um, Kara resembles that remark because her daughter's going away to college in next fall. So let's, we'll check in about that situation. I'm going to be later. checking what you give her for graduation oh. really closely. Oh, no. Maybe you won't find out what I give her for graduation. This is a great idea, Kara. Oh, maybe I send her with some Uber lube and a, and a super cute, like sweet vibes, little just bullet situation. Just figure it out. Kara's sitting here with her hand in her head right now. Like, oh God, what if I started? So, well, uh, we hope you have thoroughly enjoyed this podcast episode. And hopefully you have someone that you can sit around with on a lazy post-breakfast day and talk about pleasure and vibrations and toys and all of the things with, because it really is so important to have this be such a normal part of conversation, a normal part of being human, a normal part of being healthy. Absolutely. Um, and if you want to talk to me about it, like hit me up. I'm good. All right. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Engaged Midwife Podcast. Take care. Bye.